Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Browntree, and you're tuned into episode seven of Hashtag You Good Man. So in sitting, I usually sit, I usually let the title come to me as, as I'm talking, and then I'll name it later. But this one stuck out like a sore thumb because it's something that I can relate to on a daily basis. And this is, with this being a podcast about men's wellness, I, I have to touch on fatherhood. I have to touch on fatherhood and mental wellness. So I decided to, to name it you good, Dad, because this is a question that's that's so needed in society. We need to be asking our fathers, how are they feeling? How are they coping? I know for me personally, as somebody who lives with depression and anxiety on a daily basis, I know it's impacted the way I've parented for the last for the last eight years and, and 10 months. My daughter will be nine in October, so I'm trying to get the the math together, you know, because, you know, when you ask a child how old you are, you know, they still got to do the they can't just say I'm eight. You know, they got to do uh, I'm eight and 11 months and three days. So I'm, I've, I've been practicing that. Well, I've been that's what I've been told by her. But it's something my history has impacted the way that I've the way that I've parented over the years. It's it's made me more cognizant of not only my own mental health, but hers as well. In my interactions with her. And so listen, when we say that, when I say that I'm, I experience anxiety and depression, there's times when throughout her life where I have, I haven't been the most present, even when I've been present. I'm an active father. I take pride in that. I, I do my best to, to meet all of her needs, uh, all of her, her, well, I definitely meet all of her needs. I try to I try to meet all of her once as well, which is also problematic. I'll probably have an episode about that called hashtag. You probably spoiling your child, Phil. But it's it's definitely impacted how how I've interacted with her. You know, so when I have times where I can't get out of bed uh, during her life for, for two and three days at a time or when I've been, you know, actively suicidal and I, have, I couldn't have contact with her because I just didn't need that extra stressor um, being placed on me where I know they say, listen, you know, if you're feeling suicidal, think about the people that, you know, that could be impacted. And yes, I, I definitely I, I, I've definitely been impacted by that. But there are also times where, you know what? No, I can't think about the people that will be impacted because that will influence my mental health even more, even more. And so. Throughout that course, she would say that I'm a great dad. In my mind, I, I feel like it's impacted it at times where I haven't been the best. There's been times where she's wanted to interact with me. She's wanted to, to go outside and go to the playground. But because of where I was mentally, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And so I know that I'm not the only one alone, especially when we know that there's, you know, statistics say that there's six million men who experience depression. You know, that's roughly one out of every four, one out of every five men. And so I'm, I feel confident in saying that a lot of these people are fathers. When we say that 19 million men experience depression, well, 19 million men experience anxiety. When we say that bipolar disorder, psychosis and eating disorders at an all time high amongst men. I'm included in these numbers. Some of my friends are in, in, included in these numbers. Because it's real. 
And so when we say that mental health affects everybody, it affects everybody. And so when we talk about the stressors, we talk about the stressors that men have to face on a daily basis. We're talking about work-related stressors. The idea, especially as a father, I have to be the breadwinner. I have to be able to go without in order for her to have. There was times, especially me being a young father, um, I'm still relatively young at 33, but when I was 24 and 25, and even later than that, when I didn't have it, because I'm sitting here trying to pay a mortgage, I'm sitting here trying to pay a car note. So yeah, so I might have had to go without. I may be eating leftovers for five days. My, my electricity may be coming, getting turned off because you know what? I had to pay daycare. That always trumps that. But let's not, let's not ignore the fact that these are stressors that can impact our mental health. Now, granted, that goes into poor, poor, uh, poor budgeting and money management, which is an additional stressor that that men can face, especially fathers who are trying to who are trying to navigate a world that they've that they've never experienced before. You know, we're talking about uh, in a society where where we have to say that men have to be strong, men have to be tough. So we can't show weakness. So the depression and anxiety that we feel, we have to keep it in just because we don't want public perception to change. And we all know that, that depression leads to, it leads to suicide. It's the number one cause of suicides. And with men, we know that it's typically by lethal means. So we're talking about your hangings, your... your um, your suicides by firearm, which are all detrimental to not only us losing our lives, but we're talking about to our offspring that we're trying to care for. And so it also impacts our virility. It impacts our sex drive, our, our levels of testosterone. And so when we think about mental health, as especially as me being a black man in society, it, it undoubtedly takes its uh, takes its toll. Because listen, uh, so here we have not only these these stressors and the impact of this mental health and you know depression and anxiety on us. Then I have to look at images and hear about historical issues about how you know black men are notoriously known for not being fathers which is an additional stressor, an additional burden. Because granted, yes, there, there have been, uh, you know, throughout history, you know, African-American fathers who are, who haven't uh, been as active in their ch children's lives. My father being a prime example. And that weighs on me. That weighs on me. So even if it's something simple as, um, you know, listen, I might not be able to make something because of, you know, my work schedule or because I want to be there for every event, every activity, every cold, every cough that she experiences. And I, I know if I'm not there, I know that pressure of, well, you know, you're a bad dad just hits me. It hits me because I know what my father wasn't there. Me only seeing him, you know, a handful of times throughout my life. I know that I have that pressure. You got to be better than him. 
But it's like, listen, sometimes I have to slow myself up and say, you know, we're talking about a cold. We're talking about a cold. You might not be able to pick her up every day from school. That, in, in totality, does that play a big part in you being a father? No, it doesn't. But again, we have these external pressures and all that we hear and, and the, the stereotype of a black male and being a father is that he's negligent and not there. That weighs on me. That weighs on me. I know when I was going to therapy, I didn't even, I haven't even had the opportunity to discuss this in a therapy session about just that pressure, that pressure that exists. And again, it's not just endemic to black men. It's just men in general who've had absentee fathers who feel the weight of the world on their shoulders because they feel that if they miss one, one situation, one event, that they're at this point a bad father. It's difficult. It's difficult and it impacts our, again, it impacts our wellness, which in tune impacts our, our ability to parent and our ability to be an effective parent. We're talking about our, our relationships with, with our, our child's mother, with our, our child's father, uh, for those who are, are co-parenting in the, you know, in a, in a homosexual relationship. Because that's, listen, that's another stressor right there when we have two fathers who are trying to, to co-parent one child or multiple children. The stigma that's attached to two homosexual dads trying to, trying to raise a child. That's just additional pressures and stressors added on that's not accounted for and that we just often overlook. So my co-parent and I, we have a, we have a great relationship. I, I say time and time again, my daughter's mother is my, one of my best friends. We wasn't always that way. <laughs> we weren't always that way. It took time. It took, it took growth. It took understanding. It took patience on her part and on my part. See, because when you're somebody who's, who's dealing with diagnosis as I was and currently am, and you have somebody who this is new to. Yeah, they might not understand how the power of their words. Not to say that she said this, but I've had I've had friends say it to me. I've had I've heard other people say it, you know, in just regular convos playing. At one point it was it was, you know, just in the lexicon of slang. Especially in, in the hip hop culture, go kill yourself. It's like, whoa, we can't, can't say that to me, babe. You know what I mean? You know, she's never said that to me. But you can't say that to me. You can't say that to people. And so just, just because, again, a lack of awareness and a lack of recognition that, that words are powerful, words are impactful. And it took time. It took growth on her end. And listen, and dealing with somebody who has, and I discussed it previously, dealing with somebody who, who has a diagnosis or who has related symptoms to a diagnosis, it's not the easiest thing in the world. But it took time, and she's put in a yeoman's effort. And once our communication improved, I think that helped me improve as a parent as well. Because then these fears and these stressors that I, that I have as being a, a first-time dad... I was able, able, I'm able to express to somebody. Right now with schooling, 
right now is schooling. I don't want my daughter going back to this specific school. I want her to go to a different school. So now in a, a period when years ago, we might not have been able to have that conversation and have it be productive and it's weighing on me because I can't, I don't have anybody to express it to. Now we're able to sit and have, have meaningful dialogue. And that matters. That matters in a, in a relationship when it just, it, dialogue matters and healthy conversation matters in all relationships, especially when you're trying to co-parent. And so thankfully, my daughter, she doesn't she's not aware of what her daddy uh, experiences or has experienced. But she will at some point when she's old enough to think critically and she's old enough to understand. Because I want her to be aware. This will help her be more self-aware and understanding, you know, what's uh, happening in her family uh, biologically. And so she can know how to proceed. I want her to be as self-aware as possible. But again, it took time to get to this point. It took time to get to this point. Even though me being a profession, me being a therapist, me being a social worker and various things, working in a psych hospital, there was things I still needed to learn about myself, about symptoms that I was experiencing related to Related to mental health diagnosis, especially depression and anxiety. Mine's manifested itself in suicidal thoughts and anger and rage. I wasn't necessarily one to be to be sleep laying in the house in the bed all day. Because, again, it manifests itself differently. And these are just things to be mindful of. Especially for the men listening out there and for the women. It's something to be mindful of. So you can see it, because if you don't know what you're looking for, how are you supposed to be able to work on it? We're talking about mood changes. We're talking about substance use. Listen, I love a drink. I do. I love a drink. I had to I had to reconcile that over time, because, again, we're talking about we're talking about, uh, you know, genetic predisposition to alcoholism in my family. So every now and then when I might have a drink for consecutive days, I I sit back and I put a lot of pressure on myself. Because clearly, as the topic says, a lot of this is just mental. I purposely go out of my way to ask people, listen, what do you and my close confidants? Listen, what do you think about this? Do you think I'm an alcoholic because I had a drink multiple days in a row? Like this is something that I that I that I deal with on a regular basis. Because, again, I don't want this to impact how I who I am as a, as a man. And I definitely don't want it to impact me as who I am as a father. But it's something to be aware of. There has been periods. I remember a period last July. I did about about 20, 19 or 20 days out of 30 being sober consecutive because the month prior, I realized I drank more than I needed to. So I had to make that decision. But I, at that point, me going those consecutive days and recognizing, you know what, I don't have an addiction, but I may have a problem with over drinking, drinking a little too much when I do drink. But again, this is something that could get teased out in therapy or if you possess the ability, this is something that could get teased out 
while you're sitting, <laughs> wherever you're sitting. It takes active thought, though, and it takes critical thinking. But it's something to be aware of. If you go from drinking once a week or once a month and now you're drinking, shoot, two times a month, two times a week, two times a day. Something to be aware of that. You know what? What is happening for this increase? What we see in men with with who are dealing with mental wellness issues, we see uh, an increase in high risk activities. So we see promiscuity. And I know in today's society, it's not, oh, you know, men can't be promiscuous. It's just women who are hoes, who have, se- who have sex with a lot of people. But men, you know, whatever, some badge of honor because they, you know, they have this uh, whatever, you know. But we understand what, what society says and the disparity between the two and the differences between the two. But yes, increased promiscuity, high risk activities. That can be a result of deeper issues, a cause of, of depression, of anxiety, of bipolar disorder. We have to be mindful of our work production. There are times when I, when I think back, there's times my work production, production has dipped. It di- it's dipped a lot. And what does that do? Again, as I stated earlier, the stresses of work and then you're not producing that just brings added pressure. It brings added pressure. And then lastly, when we're talking about we're talking about, you know, virility, as I mentioned earlier, and we're talking about sex drive. If you're somebody who goes from, you know, sex once a day or twice a day and it's just like once a month, because I've, I've been in this position where it, it's just not about abstinence. It's just about I have no desire. That's problematic. That's something that you need to be mindful of. Sex is healthy. I don't care what what society says or how how it's portrayed to be. Sex is healthy. Sex is natural, and sex is needed. But if you're recognizing that your drive has diminished, and you now have, which could mean you have diminished testosterone because you're in a state of depression. A state of anxiety, then that's something to be mindful of. And I know with, with you know things like that, it's just like, well, how virility and, and fatherhood. But no, at this point, we're talking about just you being an individual, you being a man, and you meeting your wellness needs. It's critical. It's critical. As fathers, we we have we have an obligation to be there. We have an obligation to be present. And so knowing all the stresses, the various stresses that I've outlined, we have to control it. We have to do what we need to do in order to be well for our offspring. So it's hence the reason why we get up every day, we go to work, while we're doing various tasks and, and things to keep ourselves together, because we recognize that we're accountable for somebody else. But you have to be accountable for you first. Push the kids to the side. Kaylin, I push Kaylin to the side. 
This is my life too. You know, this is, this is my life. I'm 33 years of age, baby. I'm trying to be here till I'm 80, till I'm 90, because I deserve to live a happy and healthy life. Now, a byproduct of me living a happy and healthy life is Kaylin living a happy and healthy life, is Justin living a happy and healthy life, my grandkids, my great grandkids, throughout the generations. But it starts here. It starts with us. And so if that means you got to seek therapy, then seek therapy. If that means you need to be on medication, I take my, my 75 milligrams of Effexor every day. Because I know what life was like without it. And does that mean I'm going to be taking it for the rest of my life? I don't know. I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we cross it. But I know since I've been, I've been taking it for the last couple of years, I feel like I've been one of the, you know, I've been a, a great parent. I feel like I've been happier. So if I'm happier, my child can only be happier, especially if I'm interacting with her. If your mental wellness issues is causing an increase in substance use, there's AA, there's NA. There's outpatient facilities where you could get services, where you could get dual diagnosis, you could get drug and alcohol and mental health treatment. Or there's things such as, you know, such as locker room talk. My guy Rashawn, who, who's from North Carolina, he has a weekless men's wellness group, you know, where we just call in and we just talk about what's happening every Wednesday at eight. And you can follow him on Instagram at, man, he got a, a crazy name. It's like R-W-E-S-H-A-U-N. Or you can follow me, Phil underscore Quantify. And I typically try to post it every week. Because the more people, the merrier. The more that you have an outlet to express yourselves, the better. Within the coming week or so, I'll also have something similar. Which it won't be on the same day. It'll be something earlier in the week where we can call in and we can discuss issues that are pertinent to men. And so you have my IG. I'll be releasing it probably within the next the next few days. But as I stated, it's so critical. It's so necessary. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, who will? And more importantly, or or of equal importance, who's going to take care of our child? So as I said, feel free to reach me, P-H-I-L underscore Quadify, Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y on Instagram. Catch me on Facebook.com backslash Philip with that's two L's, M-S-W. You can also check the YouTube channel. Like I said every week, I'm listening. I'm going to put videos out, I promise, soon, <laughs> soon. But you can check that out, Quadify LLC. Listen, take care of yourself. Protect your quad. Peace.